Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. All right, everybody. We are live with another live episode and recording of the Managing Partners Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Daisy, and also the founder of Array Digital. We provide digital marketing to law firms to help grow their pipelines. So welcome again to another live recording. Got a special guest today, Carlando Scott. Welcome to the show. Glad to be here, Kevin. I feel like I finally made it. I'm on the <laughs> podcast. So check this, that off the list. <laughs> this is it. I don't know if you're if you're watching this live or in video, then you can see that he has a telly behind him award. Oh yeah. So uh, this is he thought he made it then. Right. Um, but Nothing. Knock that thing off the shelf back there. Let's this is it. Move that off to the side. <laughs> this is it. So, Carlos, thanks for coming on. Interested to learn more about your story, your firm, and uh, everyone listening, tuning in, is hoping to pick up something that they can take back with them and improve their firm. Mm-hmm. So, let's jump straight right into it. Uh, also, real quick, anyone taking a look here, website address, uh, pinnaclefirm.com. It's just the bottom of your screen. And I'll put that in the comments in a few minutes. But if you want to get more familiar as you're watching this live, even check out his website, check out his firm. You'll kind of see more about him and his firm. And then he's going to tell us all about that now. So let's start with the first question really is tell me your journey. How did you get into practicing law? What kind of got you into the specialty that you have and how you got here to be doing this as a managing partner? Yeah, well, Kevin, I wish I could say that it was this well-formulated plan since I was in third grade that I'd be sitting right where I'm sitting now. But alas, there was a comedy of errors and, <laughs> and happenstance that got me here. I mean, I, I really was interested in politics going through undergraduate studies and that kind of thing. And a couple of buddies of mine said, why don't you do this mock trial thing with us? And I said, oh, I'm, debate is for geeks. I'm not doing that stuff. They said, well, just come watch us do one mock trial. I go and fall in love with it. And that started me along the path to uh, to law. And I was intent on going into entertainment law, period. And so I finished law school, went to University of Michigan, go blue. And uh, <laughs> then came out to Los Angeles afterwards to start working. And I worked in-house at the Producers Guild. And one of the producers told me that her brother... Uh, owns a firm and he was looking for an associate. I was thinking about going into private practice and leaving the in-house setting. And I did, you know, it worked out that they wanted me to come aboard and they said, keep that entertainment stuff, but we do this other uh, area of practice that you would have to really just entrench yourself in. It's called assisted reproductive technologies. And I thought, what in the world is that. <laughs> so really, Kevin, you know, how I fell into not only the area of practice that I'm in, or law in general, but the area of practice that I'm in really was was by happenstance. But it's interesting how things work out because around the time that I started working for that firm, my wife and I were trying to grow our family and ran into, you know, fertility challenges and, you know, went through a miscarriage and things like that. And it, it was weird because it was like the stars were aligning. As, as we were going through this in our personal lives, I was coming to learn this entire area of law and just you know niche in the world called assisted reproduction, where people who were having trouble or, or difficulties with fertility 
could seek medical you know help to grow their family through science and medicine and so uh at that point the stars kind of just aligned for me and i was like you know i think i might be where i'm supposed to be so <laughs> you know That's i did awesome. that for a number of years with that firm and, and eventually went out on my own clearly and i knew that whatever else i did in my practice this would be uh, one of the mainstays one of the foundations so i get the opportunity to help people who refuse to give up on their dream of growing their family by helping them navigate, you know, assisted reproduction. Excellent. Amazing story. And not many plans always work out, but uh, <laughs> it sounds pretty, you know, very interesting and, and kind of cool how this kind of came about and worked out for you. And yeah, we've, we've had quite a few friends personally that have had challenges and so much. We were unfortunate that we did not, but it was kind of on our mind because we we're seeing so many friends that we're having those issues. So, and I, I did see, I caught a um, kind of a clip that you had out there. At, um, you guys have two, I believe. Yes, children. yes, yes. So, so thankfully we were finally able to be successful. And so I have two uh, little, just amazing joys that suck my time, energy and <laughs> vitality on a daily basis, which I love letting them do. But a uh, six-year-old and a four-year-old, Caitlin and Christopher. So we have a lot of fun. Excellent. Yeah, there's a chance one of mine could bust in the door right hey, now. Listen, While we're recording. <laughs> we're living in a post or hopefully whatever post-COVID society where that's the norm, right? You remember seeing all the clips on, on the news where <laughs> that happens. At this yeah. point, you just got to bring them in and, and sit them on your lap. Yeah, maybe they can add to the meeting, you know? <laughs> they got an open mind. So. Oh, man. <laughs> well, that's excellent, man. So great story. So uh, a little bit more about you know, your firm and that's your mainstay, but you do focus on a few other practice areas, I believe as well. Mm -hmm. so, so a number of the people in the assisted reproductive technology space or assisted reproduction, whatever you want to call it space, they typically focus on the transactional side of things only. So of course, in every assisted reproduction matter, there's two sides. There's someone who hopes to become a parent, then there's someone who's going to help them. You know, that's the donor or that's the surrogate. And so most people just focus on that transaction, for lack of a better word, so the contracts, contractual relationship. But I also focus on the litigation side of that. So unfortunately, sometimes things go wrong in the process. People don't always live up to their ends of, of the bargain contractually. Uh, sometimes there are people who run into issues with uh, their clinic. Uh, you may or may not have heard the news lately. There was a clinic that lost you know, thousands of people's gametes or sperm and egg embryos, that kind of thing. And so people were thinking they were going to go back to the clinic and, and, you know, finally try to have that baby only to find out the clinic lost their material. So there's mm -hmm. things like that that happen. So I handle both the transactional and litigation side of assisted reproductive matters, but I'm still uh, doing the thing that brought me to Los Angeles, which is entertainment law. So, uh, you know, I'm happy to, to help people with their film production side of things. So I'm usually production yeah. counsel helping Oddly enough, in a process that is eerily similar to assisted reproduction, you know, you you start out with an idea and you get some contracts in place and nine months later you have a baby or 10 months or 12 months later you have a baby. Well, entertainment, you have an idea, you get some contracts in place, you do some activities and 12 months, 15 months later you have a movie. So yeah, pretty much I do the same thing. It's just maybe a baby or a movie any given day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> it's very i see how the similarities there so and if you, the movie or baby doesn't come then you're there to you know there figure you out go. who didn't live up to their end of the bargain right who so didn't do the right thing and, and unfortunately for the, the 
the surrogacy and the sister reproduction side, sometimes it's just mother nature. You know, we, we, as amazing as we are scientifically and medically, we still haven't quite figured out how to just absolutely create life from nothing. So we, you know, some of that is still, you know, up in the air uh, or, or to a, a power higher than us. But yeah, we, we definitely, when things go wrong, for sure, we step in and make sure we can hold, you know, somebody's feet to the fire. Hey there, this is Eric J. Olson, the CEO of Array Law. If you're ready to work with a world-class digital marketing company, reach out. You can find us online at ArrayLaw.com or call us at any time, 757-333-3021. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, switching gears a little bit, actually real quickly, if people are tuning in, ask questions. Uh, if you're watching live, got any questions, Kalanos, just uh, ask, and I can throw that on the screen, and we can do our best to answer that. So please ask away. So let me talk about a little bit how you started your firm, but initially versus now, there might be a difference. How do you go about attracting new clients? It's really interesting for me, Kevin, because as you can tell, I'm in such a niche area of, of practice that a lot of the just a lot of the common, you know, practices, they they apply, but they're not as effective as some of my colleagues in other practice areas are. And I think this is a great conversation to have for even people who are in more common practice areas, because another wrinkle of my practice area is, is I really have two focuses when it comes to marketing. I have the end client who is that hopeful parent or, you know, couple. And I also have more of a B2B sort of marketing bent also, because the large majority of my cases come through referral, like I'm sure a lot of other people's do, but it's referral from fertility clinics or for referrals from the company that people go to when they want to find a surrogate or donor. They're called agencies. So people will go to a surrogacy agency and say, hey, I'm looking for a woman who's willing to carry our baby for us. Or, hey, I'm looking for a sperm donor, an egg donor. And those agencies will match them with a person. And then they'd say, well, you know, you need a contract in place. And I know a number of attorneys. Here's one. You may want to reach out to Pinnacle Law Firm. So at, I'm, I'm really marketing on two fronts here to make sure. And then, you know, a lot of my friends who are in areas of practice like personal injury and plaintiff work, they never really explored some of those B2B relationships as much of it, as much as they've explored kind of the B2C component of it. Uh, for instance, for them, it would be like reaching out and having relationships with insurance agencies and different things like that. So I'm really moving more heavily into the B2C now that I've I've gotten some B2B relationships established, uh, because one of the things that I think is always valuable is to be able to be, at least for my nature, sort of a hub. And it's not in assisted reproduction a matter of if you're going to get an attorney, because by law in California, at least, both sides have to have an attorney. So it's not a matter of if they're going to get one. It's a matter of who they're going to get and when they're going to bring them on. And I like to encourage people, bring your attorney on at the very beginning so that your attorney can help you navigate those other relationships. So for me, it's B2B and B2C for sure. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Good to know. And good way to put it. I think, yeah, I think the BBD, uh, B2B relationships are super important and they, they may take some while, you know, while to kind of build and as they start to refer you, maybe they, they like the results and they start to refer you more. So once you kind of set those in place, I don't know how many of those there are, but of course, from the B2C, there's way more, I guess, people to get in front of an opportunity. So you can definitely 
probably spend more time and effort on the B2C side, but it sounds like those B2B relationships are invaluable. So yeah, they're more limited as well, though. Correct. hundred percent. And you're right. I mean, there is a ramp up period when you're when you're talking about B2B and the relationship side of, of things. Uh, one thing that I've found helpful for both B2C and that B2B component is content marketing at this point. And I mean, if you've if you've opened a social media app at any point in the last 10 years, I mean, you've probably heard Gary Vee talk about it or, or some other marketing expert talk about the fact that, you know, content is king these days. And, and you know, like what you guys do. Uh, with SEO and that kind of thing, it's for me, it's been educating my potential client base. So I've tried as much as possible to productize my services, so to speak, and create educational programs, educational outlets for people who are looking to take the journey that I help people with. So I, for instance, I have a surrogacy course that walks people through the process of surrogacy from, from dream to delivery day, as I say. And it really helps people understand exactly what you need to do first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. And so even when they're clicking on the website and they're trying to learn more about me, this would be an avenue that they could use to better educate themselves. Because I mean, an educated client is the best kind of client. You're not babysitting them as much. You're not (laughs) spending as much time on follow-up and stuff like that. So it's helped me. And it's been a nice calling card for when I do establish those B2B relationships, I say, Hey, look, I have this resource and I'm happy to share with you and any of your clients to help them, you know, take a, the next smart step. And of course, it positions you a little bit differently when you're coming to a B2B relationship with something to offer them. So that's been very helpful. Yeah, I love that. That's, and I would, I would, this is me assuming this is not something you just like wake up in the middle of the night and go, oh, we need to call a, uh, a lawyer for this. So I would assume it's something that's planned, it's discussed, there's research done. And I think that's excellent that you have kind of you had that information for them, and then they're immersed with your brand. So when the time comes, you have a good chance that they will call your firm and say, you know what they've they've already given us help without us even talking to them. And I think from the B two B side, it's excellent because if I was going to someone and say, hey, you know, we'd love to have you refer us if you can. By the way, we have all this free helpful uh, helpful things and. Uh, courses and and free information that you can pass on to the potential referral. Mm -hmm. And I would think that would make you stand out because they're like, well, you know, Hey, you can use this firm, but here's a bunch of helpful stuff that they've already put together for you that you can check out before you reach out to them. Right. And if nothing else, Kevin, I mean, you're not just some Joe or Jane, you know, Doe who are popping up out of nowhere. They can at least vet you on some level and say like, okay, this, this, this girl, this guy, he has, he has the goods. They, they actually are saying something of substance. And I think it's helpful. Even if they don't pass that information along, you've, you've kind of positioned yourself differently, more of an expert in your, in your practice area than maybe, you know, the person who just called them up and asked for a referral. Yeah, no. Well, you can have some ads on the bus and <laughs> billboards and you can be screaming about <laughs> You know, that's the only thing I haven't tried at this point. I should just get a picture of me and a baby and say, you want one of these? <laughs> yeah, I got babies. That's funny. Yeah, no, I, I think what you're doing is awesome. I think that's a good approach. And again, I think it's people are going to take their time. They want to be feel like they have someone they can trust, of course. I mean, they're going to do the due diligence. So I think what you're doing there makes a lot of sense. I think it'll work out very well as you continue to grow that audience. So some other questions, I guess. 
and one more question is going to, how do you nurture some of your prospects, how you nurture them with information, but it's, you know, you're putting out content. Is there any other, I guess, if you were to, if there was a, a marketing avenue or medium that you haven't invested in, which you wish you could do, what, what would that be? Man. So for the, to the nurturing question, one of the things that I encourage people to do, if you're just starting out thinking about a question like that is just take some of your frequently asked questions. I mean, you do, you know, consultations all the time. You do intakes all the time and you get the same questions all the time, I'm sure. So I would start there as far as building out what things to address with people. One of the things I did was just take one of those FAQs and get somebody to, to put it in PDF format in a pretty way and use that as a, as a lead magnet, you know? And I know a lot of people are doing that these days where they say, you know, download the free top 10 tips for when you get arrested or whatever the case may be. And, and they're putting it up there. And then after that, you know, I have that lead if they downloaded that little FAQ or lead magnet. And I take the rest of the FAQs and I just kind of drip that content out via email. You know, hey, you downloaded the, the tool. Let me tell you one more thing. And then two days later, also, you may be wondering about this if you got that. So that's kind of how I, I handle the nurture part of it. And of course, at, in every email, in every communication, a link to my calendar, a way to get in touch with me, a way to get on my schedule for a call or, or a proper consultation and that thing. If there was one thing that I haven't done that I want to do, I'm kind of working on it. And, and I, you know, I drive myself and my team crazy <laughs> with these ideas, but I, I'd like to do a, um, a summit so to speak, where I bring on a number of different colleagues and professions that interface with assisted reproduction and just have, you know, like a week long summit where we hear from each of those sort of in a format like this, where people can interface with, with the people who make it happen. And I'm fortunate because in this niche, there are so many different professionals that it takes to have a baby through surrogacy. There's mental health professionals, you know, that surrogate needs to be psychologically screened before you you know, move forward with working with her. There's nutritionists, there's fertility doctors, there's, you know, obstetricians, there's the, the, wow. the matching agencies, there's, so I, there's insurance companies that fund, help people fund their, their fertility journey. So all these different, you know, different silos, you, you could say, I, I want to kind of get them together. And clearly that's a, a bit of an undertaking <laughs> there, but, but I'm, I'm chipping away at it, but that's the one thing I haven't done that I'm trying to get to. Love it. That sounds amazing. So kind of if you could hear from each expert side of what their process is like and yeah. and maybe get them all, you know, communicating yeah. with each other, that would be great. And I was, you know, I was mousing the same idea off a buddy of mine who who does, you know, plaintiff's work. And, and he was like, well, I guess, you know, I don't have 30 different types of professionals that I interface with, but I guess I probably could do something like have a chiropractor on and maybe a doctor, maybe myself, maybe an insurance person, maybe, you know, that kind of thing and, and really, you know, give somebody a one-stop shop for what all do I need to be thinking about? Who all do I need to talk to? What do I do first, second, third, fourth, and fifth if I run into this issue or if I just ran into this issue and I'm trying to address it right now? So I, I, I think it, it works out. I mean, it could work and, you know, no matter what you do. Yeah, I mean, good point. I mean, all those people are involved somewhere or another. Maybe they don't know one another or, or working in, yeah. you know, sync with each other but they're still contributing somehow to like a personal injury case like what the doctor says what he recommend all the, mm -hmm. the people on the scene if it's an accident you know there's so many things absolutely and the state you know? attorney you know you may have a tax person on you may have an investments person on you may have a you know it, and it creates 
those B2B relationships that we were talking about earlier, where who knows now, you know, myself and this doctor, this chiropractor, this tax, you know, specialist or this, you know, whoever, now we have this relationship where we're interfacing and working towards helping the same client. And we may be able to, to be referral sources for each other down the road. That's a good point. That's a really good point. I mean, if someone comes in with a injury and the daughter's like, Hey, what happened? It's like, maybe you should seek some you know, legal help. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, or I guess a daughter and you know, someone has a, a pregnancy, a miscarriage, something like that. Still, they might not even have thought about the certain options that they, they Absolutely. could take. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. So what is, so everyone listening and tuning in, what's the best way if another attorney or a managing partner, they want to reach out to you, learn more about your business, have any questions for you. What's the best way for mm-hmm. them to reach out and contact you? I do have your website here, which yeah. I will put in the comments as well. Yeah, you know, that's probably the easiest way. There's there's a chat box on my website that you could just go to pinnaclefirm.com and start a chat with me. I get it and, and we'll, we'll jump on a call or schedule something. But I heard something that Simon Sinek said in a talk a little while ago that really stuck with me. The interviewer at the end of the interview asked a similar question. He said, well, how can people get in touch with you? And his answer was very interesting. He said, you shouldn't have to worry about how to get in touch with me. You should be, if you want to get in touch with me, I should make it easy enough for you to get in touch with me. And I'm still trying to figure out how best to apply that to what I do. But his his point was kind of be everywhere. And so if you can't find me on Instagram or on Facebook or on LinkedIn or on, you know, the website or in Google, when you just type my name or my firm, then I still got work to do. So that kind of kind of gets me all the way back to, you know, in loving what you guys do with SEO and, and just marketing in general to help people kind of achieve that point of, you know, how to, to answer the question of, you should be able to find me if you want me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I appreciate that. And yeah, sometimes, you know, as we, we work with our clients, it's like, I mean, we see everything. Sometimes we see, we have the clients that have kind of done everything and they're looking to improve or make a change. Uh, maybe it's just who they're working with, but, and then there's the other side, which is they make it, they haven't really done much and they make it very difficult for people to get in touch with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just some best practices sometimes just, Hey, and we always say that too. So, um, it's right in line with what we say is make it easy for someone to get a hold of you. So if they're on your website, for instance, the phone number shouldn't be in the footer. There shouldn't be a, only a contact form, which is on another page. So just make it easy. If they want to call you right now, how can they do it quickly and get a hold of somebody? Yeah. And so it requires more than just a way of contact. It's, how does your company set up to handle that? Do, is there someone going to answer the phone? Is someone going to respond to an email or a chat? And mm-hmm. I think everyone listening, if they don't have a lot of these things in place, think about, yeah, you can plaster your number everywhere and do all these things and have all these social channels. Another good one is social media. A lot of tra- you know, traditional firms, they might have all these social profiles and they don't ever actually use them or update them. They're completely just, last post was like, 2013 on Twitter. So, <laughs> so you got to start thinking about, Hey, that's, that's if I have a problem on my flight or I can't get off the ground in a plane, I'm, I tweet, you know, American airlines or Delta and on Twitter, they're like, we're going to take care of that right now. Absolutely. But so think about your firm. If you have all these profiles, just because you felt like you had to set them up, delete them or get rid of them. If you're, if they're abandoned, because, People might be trying to reach out to you and you're not actually going to respond. Yeah. That doesn't 
doesn't really help you. So be available anywhere, everywhere, but make sure you can back it up. Exactly. Don't be everywhere and not available. If you're going exactly. to be, everywhere, be available everywhere. I like you know, it. I, yeah. I think that's what, you know, a lot of mistakes people make is they have all these little tools and pop-ups and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, you have to be able to, to respond and uh, and service people. You know, if you can't yeah. handle it, then, you know, you want to make sure before you add that chat bot that, uh, you know, you have someone there to, to respond to it. So. Yeah, but technology is great. That's for sure. So, Carlin, is there anything else you'd like to add? Anything exciting coming up with the firm? What's what's the next two to five years look like for you? Anything well, really, big happening? Man, listen, the next three to five years is just focused on, on growth and sustainable growth at that. So back to what you said, being able to service our clients at the highest level. And as we come out of COVID, whatever that means, and, you know, travel opens back up and, and the borders open back up, I'm seeing a lot of international clients come over to the U.S. because we do have a legal system and a, a legal structure in place for assisted reproduction, where in a lot of other countries, it's either taboo or just outright illegal. So I'm, I'm looking to uh, be positioned for that growth that I expect to come in the next handful of years. So, Excellent. Well, based on what you had to share today, you will you will be growing rapidly. Um, so I'm excited for you. And, uh, you know, it sounds like it's going to be some uh, exciting years ahead for you and your firm. So Congrats on your success so far. And everyone watching, if you want to check out this episode, it'll be up on our website soon, raylaw.com forward slash podcast. Also, this is already going to be on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. So you can go check it out there. And then uh, as we get this edited, we'll put this on the podcast. So you can get that on Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. So, and then also we'll have it on our website uh, with Carolina. So has a website page. So check that out. Look for them in our uh, upcoming Instagram stories and things like that. We'll be featuring him and what he's had to share with us here today. So appreciate you coming on, man. This has really been a cool story you have. Absolutely, man. My pleasure. Sounds to me like, you know, a little something about being everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, we try. So yeah, we put this stuff everywhere. But and in that same vein, if you need marketing help, digital marketing, uh, we do everything from social media, SEO, online advertising and websites, reach out. Let us know what you if you have any questions. Also, if it's just regarding questions about how we do this podcast or how we distribute all the content that we're going to do just for this episode, we don't even provide some of that as a service, like podcasting, but happy to share that with you. I give a lot of talks on uh, how to set up your own podcast. Uh, it's great for law firms to do a podcast. You should probably consider it, but it's a good way to get the content out there. You can build an audience. And then, of course, you get all the content that goes along with it, like this video. Uh, we're live. We're going to be on the, the podcast platform themselves as audio. So a lot of opportunities there. So if anyone has any questions, reach out to me. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Go to RayLaw.com. And then that's it. Happy Tuesday afternoon. Have a good one, everybody. All right, Kalanis, thanks so much. Stay on. We'll chat for a second. And everyone else, have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.